The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Gustavo, thanks for coming on to the podcast. So you were telling me that you had a former Chicago Bull DM you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was strange. About a couple weeks, I think, uh, after the last dance, I think, or before the last dance, uh, I was I was coming home from work, and usually the last thing I do before I, I go to sleep is uh, I check uh, Twitter and all that. So I was checking Twitter, and... Uh, I had a uh, direct message, which was kind of strange because uh, usually around that time I don't really get anything. So when I when I checked that, it it was a, 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 a DM from uh, a Scott Bra, mm-hmm. which kind of which kind of freaked me out because uh, I wasn't sure if I had uh you know because they had the Scott Bra jokes and all that uh, during the last act, so I wasn't sure what what it was about hopefully i hadn't made a joke because i wasn't 100 percent sure but uh all it was was a uh, thank you note and uh and i looked at uh, my mentions i guess he uh nbc sports chicago had been uh running the, the championship run of the 1998 uh, chicago bulls and i had been making vines and i made a couple of clips of him and then he was just thanking me and then he we talked for a little bit he was asking me where i was from uh, I told him how much I appreciated what he did and uh, all the good memories that he had him. But it, it was a very surprising DM to, to, to say the least, because I wasn't I wasn't expecting that, and I was expecting at that time too. Plus, I was a little bit nervous if uh, I had uh, had thrown any jokes off about uh, how uh, Michael Jordan had, had treated him. But I, I, I luckily I looked around and I don't think I had uh, done any jokes, but. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it was it was a uh, pretty surreal. That is awesome, and, and that's the only time that's happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was just it was just that one time. It was uh, it was uh, like I said, it was uh, kind of strange to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. He was asking me all these questions, how I was doing, where I was from. Yeah. So and uh, he was just really thanking me for the clip. Uh, I think the clip was him of uh, like making this uh, incredible layup uh, during the championship run. I think it was. Might have been versus the Jazz. I think when they were, they, they blew out uh, uh, the Jazz in uh, the finals. So yeah, yeah. That's what's cool about Twitter is that you never know who you can interact with. Just like the regular ESPN one thousand crew, they all know us pretty well. Yeah, like I said, especially when uh, watching the Last Dance and how it all it was. Because I, I I remember I was a teenager when the last run happened. So. I kind of remember everything. There's certain parts like I didn't know it was that bad between how the the yeah. friction. I, I kind of knew that it was going to be their last round. I didn't really understand why. Uh, like like they were saying in the uh, in the documentary, they kind of really painted uh, a cross in the corner that it, it was it was all on him. So I, after seeing it, I kind of got why why it was like that, but I didn't get the gist of it. I didn't know that before the mm-hmm. season even started that he had said this is it yeah. you can win 100 games you cannot even lose a game i'm not bringing phil jackson back and then like all these little things that happened so it was it was kind of cool to go see that and then uh um see how it was done i was i was hoping there was going to be a lot of more uh 
of uh, uncut scenes or scenes that, uh, that had never been seen because it seemed like it was a lot more of uh, going back and forth between what happened in 98 and going back and seeing all the stuff from earlier years of the Jordan and the Bulls. But I was hoping there would be a little bit more. But it was it was a pretty good uh, series. Were you, do you remember anything any of that when, uh, or were you not old enough to remember that when uh, the Bulls were making the run? I was born in 1988, and I'll be 32 in a month. But yeah, the latter half of the 90s Bulls is what I really remember. I remember you know watching the Knicks, the Heat, the Pacers, those teams back in the day, and of course the Bulls watching all those games. What I loved back then were the 90s Bulls in- intros on the scoreboard. Um, you know, the last dance, watching that was awesome. Reliving and learning about things I didn't know. I thought the same thing about Jerry Krause. I didn't realize the friction between he and the team. Seemed like he was envious and wanted more credit. I love the part about Jordan and Worthy and James was saying, I was better than him for about two weeks. And then there was the uh, the foot injury where Jordan went back to UNC in, in his second year and the Bulls had no idea that he was playing basketball back there. Uh, would you, like the thing that I like too is that the, the soundtrack of it. Would it, whatever clip or whatever action was going, I think the, I think the soundtrack uh, hit it greatly because it like, it, it, it reminded you of what was going on or the music or whatever was going on, like when they played the Batman, uh, uh, Prince song and uh, when uh, they were uh, touring or was it uh, I think they were in Atlanta and they played uh, uh, what is it Outkast uh, Rosa Parks so I, I really enjoyed it it, it made you uh, it helped you remember uh, what was going on at the time so I, I really enjoyed it it's amazing looking back I was talking with Salim and it's crazy how long ago the last dance was back when there were no sports it's really it was really compelling to say the least yeah, yeah. Then, uh, like I said, I think it hit us at the perfect time when there was no sparse, nothing going on, and I think it, it, I think it helped a lot of people because you were like fiending for some sports because there was nothing going on. There was n- literally nothing going on, and then mm-hmm. I think that they think that helped a lot of people. And plus, too, it, it, it uh, we didn't have that sport event where okay, we have a Bulls game on Saturday or we have a White Sox game uh during the day or cubs or or whatnot so it was musty and then it, i think it, it helped bring a whole bunch of people together and like i said hopefully it uh got a couple more uh, people to be bulls fans the thing that i like was what the ath- current athletes were looking at it and they're kind of seeing uh hopefully they didn't they didn't uh, uh like the one thing that i saw that was happens was happening in the 90s that happened was happening with garden packs is the uh for an office and players and coaches uh not getting along like it's it's crazy how 98 and you can, you can come back to what was happening a couple years years ago where mm-hmm. it's scar packs and jimmy or jimmy or Derek rose and all that or what was going on it's and it was, it was like the same thing or gar packs right and, and tibs and it was it's pretty surreal to see that that it just whatever happened in 98 was sort of repeated it uh itself a couple of years ago the documentary was definitely needed at a time in which we had, you know, we needed something positive to embrace. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, like, I, the crazy part was uh, when our, our tourist, I think he saw an episode, and then I think that's when he decided to, uh, to uh, hire the GM that same night. Because I remember mm-hmm. at midnight, uh, Woj dropping a bomb about um, – I think he, he, I forgot the GM's name that he hired, but it was like he watched it and it got him so pumped up that he, he knew who his guy was for the GM. And 
Oh, the Bulls GM was uh, Mark Eversley. Yeah, and I, I, I was gonna say I, I knew I think it was Ivory or something like that, and I'm like I wasn't hundred percent sure, but I just remember at night I was at work and I was still looking up to see what everybody was talking about uh, the Last Dance, and I remember the Woj uh, tweet going off that they had hired a GM, so. I was like, wow. And then I remember a couple of days later, they were talking about how he was at home watching uh, The Last Dance and it pumped him up and he knew who his guy was and he went out and got him. So, Regarding the Bulls, what are your thoughts on the next coach? I know Mike D'Antoni is not coming back to Houston. I doubt he goes to Chicago, but he's out there. And then there's Billy Donovan's name out there, which I think they need to at least interview him, make him a priority, I would think. Uh, I'm not sure. Like Maybe D'Antoni. But the thing mm. that we were talking about earlier was the Bulls don't hire uh, – uh, a, a coach with experience is I think the last one they had was Scott Skiles. So mm-hmm. I don't know either one, maybe, but like I said, I don't know. I don't know if uh, 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 the the Bulls want to pay for uh, experienced guy or like do what they always do, uh, get an assistant, which has kind of worked out for them a little bit. Cause I, uh, for Phil Jackson, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, a head coach before they gave him the job and he got the mm-hmm. Bulls six championships. Uh, I think Tib, same thing. He helped them mm-hmm. get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and he was an assistant and a little bit Vinny, but <laughs> he had his run-ins with uh, Garpack. So yeah. like I, said, I think it's going to be a, maybe a guy that's not um, not not um, not known. I think was it uh, the was it uh, the guy for uh, Denver? I think was it Wesley? I forgot his last. I think it might be Ansel. The, uh, it looks like he his name's popping up that since he's helped uh, Denver uh, twice. I uh, get the assistant coach for Denver helped them come back and uh, uh, beat 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 the Jazz and then Clippers. What do you think about that? About the Clippers uh, losing with the Clippers? So I started seeing some grumblings about Doc Rivers. I mean, everybody loves him, but you know he's been there for a while and. I I just feel I, I think with the bubble it's just completely random. But maybe they'll be better next year. But did that shock you? And then with the Lakers and the Rockets, that wasn't even a contest. Yeah, yeah. Like um, with the, the Rockets, I wasn't surprised because it seems like with the Rockets, when it comes to playing real good teams in the playoffs, they just fold. Like a, or like with Golden State, Golden State uh, got them a couple of years and L.A. Uh, getting them this year, it didn't surprise me. Uh, the Clippers losing to Denver did surprise me because yeah, they have Jokers, they have uh, Harris, but it's... You have Kawhi Leonard. He helped. How many championships has, has he won? He's I, I for sure thought for sure that he would be playing better. And Paul George, uh, I was surprised about. Uh, kind of surprised, but I wasn't because Paul George is is uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I know they call him playoff P, but it, it when it comes to the real, real important games, he hasn't really ever stepped up. So. That 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 uh that didn't surprise me that but that he didn't show up but I I think I didn't think with all the players the Clippers had that uh, they would lose I thought for sure they would somehow pull it out in uh, Game Seven but it looked like they just they just just didn't have have it you know I I was I was just surprised especially the way they lost it was just a blowout they just got blown out in Game Seven yeah. I was I was expecting it to be close again I didn't expect a uh, blowout but that about doc rivers he's the only coach that has lost uh uh three series when they were up three to one i think he with orlando and then i think mm-hmm. he lost to houston and then uh, wow. this one right here so it's three times that he's, he's lost the series being up three to one 
That's not a good stat to be involved with. So so best case for AK, you'd think the best case for him would be Denver wins it all so he gets a ring. And maybe they do plug a coach from there since he has that connection. It'd be crazy. Like I said, uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, Denver's like a sneaky team because it doesn't seem, like I told you, they don't really have star players. They just have guys that can just, they're a good team. Kind of reminds me a little bit how Golden State is, except they don't have the players that Golden State was, where Golden State, you when they first won their championships, they had Steph, they had Clay, but it wasn't like um, those guys would go one-on-one. It was more of a system thing where whoever had the open shot or create the open shot, and uh, that, 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 that's what helped them win. So that's, that, that's a little bit of what Denver reminds me, except, uh, like I said, Denver doesn't have those uh, 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 guys that uh, Golden State had, but it just reminds me of uh, team ball where they just try to get uh, uh, get the guy that's open. I know earlier in the series, I think they were just going with Harris and Jokic, but uh, it seemed like at the at, towards the end they figured something out and were able to beat the Clippers. So, do you think it'll be Lakers and Heat? I'm thinking that man. I I, I don't know uh, with the the fighting that the, the the Celtics had. I don't know, man. It's kind of strange. I I think they're self imploding, but I don't know with the bubble thing. It seems like momentum can switch like any 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 moment. Like with Denver, twice they were just down, and well, they came back twice. And it seems like when LA, uh, they they've lost the first game, but they've they switched it switched it over. I think they lost the first two series, the first two games, and they were able to switch it over and just like dominate after that. So I think it's just momentum. Whoever has the momentum at the time is is gonna win it. But I don't know, man. I hope maybe uh, they're fighting with the uh, Celtics might help them switch it over and change the series. But yeah, I think it's gonna be LA and and Heat. When Kobe passed, I thought Lakers winning would be cool. Yeah, yeah, like it, it seems like uh, uh, ever since the, that, it seems like it's it sparked the the Lakers, and I know they had a couple of trades or a couple roster moves that they did. So, uh, like, um, yeah, it, it seems like they they have it, and then the way LeBron's playing, where he can dominate with passing instead of sometimes shooting, and they got AD. So, yeah. It, 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 it could be them winning again. I, I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. But I don't know. G- the way Jimmy's playing, uh, too. So, I don't know. The, the Heat, the heat I, I, I like the way they play defense. I like I like what they do. And, and they got shooters, too. The one thing that uh, Lakers, sometimes I don't think they have, I don't think they have enough three-point shooting. Like with Danny Green, it seems like he's in the slump. So, I, I, like I said, the one thing that I, I would give the Heat a little bit more uh, – if they played them, would be the the shooting. So, so I've got to get your thoughts on the Bulls. The thing that that the one position that I think um, was a, kind of the reason why they, they weren't playing good was that a uh, small forward. I don't miss a couple. Uh, miss most of the games. You had uh, uh, Chandler Hutchinson miss uh, most of the games. The Bulls had Shaq Harrison playing small forward for them. So, I, it's interesting to see if they can either them two guys can. Um, be healthier. They can draft somebody, and plus two, it's like um, there's they're injury prone. You got uh, Zach miss a couple games, Wendell Carter miss a couple games. Laurie Laurie Marketing has been inconsistent uh, since his rookie year. I feel like the first half of his rookie year has been the only time he's ever been consistent. Ever ever since then, he's been hit or miss with them, and. 
I, I, what are you going to do with point guard? Are you going to are you going to draft the guy? Are you going to keep Chris uh, Chris Dunn? Um, like the there's pretty much nothing they can really do with the roster. So it all depends on who they come in and have a coach. They might be able to, but I don't know, man. Uh, this last past year, I thought for sure they were going to make the playoffs, and we all see how it went. But I think the only good thing that happened because that in we had the guard packs finally uh, step down, and then we had the best news, which was Jim Boyle and uh, get letting go because I, I I was so mad when they lost by fifty six points to Boston, and then when when they were in Golden State, and it was a gimme win to go Golden State. They didn't have nobody. I think what they only had Draymond Green, and they still lost. Oh, for sure, I thought they were going to make the playoffs, but it, it seemed like the only consistent player most of the season was Zach. Everybody else was up and down. So, I'm hoping they can make the playoffs, but I don't know, man. It, it depends on the coach. If they get uh, if they get a guy that 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 uh, can really gel this team together, I I, I think so. But it's you never know, man. It's, it seems like we've been in a real build for like last couple of seasons. It seems like, I, what is it? It's going to be the second rebuild of the rebuild. few things last weekend. So the Cubs improbable comeback against the Brewers, then the Alec Mills no-hitter, and then the Bears improbable comeback. Did you catch the Bears last, last week? Yeah, I was watching them. Uh, the first three quarters was, was, I would say, kind of rough. The one thing yeah. I did like is that they were running the ball. And there was a couple of throws. I, I know a couple of uh, passes that uh, Trubisky threw to Graham. It looks like Graham jumped or went up for him before the ball got there. And uh, it wasn't able to make the catch. But, yeah, man, it was, it, was, it was a little bit rough watching Mitch because I think they were on the fourth and five. And they, they, they uh, decided to go for it. And uh, I think he threw to either – I forgot it was uh, Ginn or – uh, um, the rookie receiver Mooney, and the coaches said the ball was tipped. It, it wasn't tipped, and the ball went behind the receiver. It was just like I don't know, man. It it I want to root for Mitch, but like sometimes he makes it hard. But the first three quarters of that game were so hard, and it seemed like that third quarter. I think they were saying that uh, the Jordan decided to go man to man. It seemed from there on out. Seemed like Mitch just knew what to do, and uh, um, I was able to give him come back. But I, I've seen that before from Mitch. I've seen it in the Green Bay game where they almost won, I, I think, last year, and the Saints game where they were they were down very big, and uh, they made a comeback, and it, they made it look reasonable. But it, like I said, it, it, uh, the Mitch, I don't know, man. Uh, at halftime of the game, I wanted to see Foles in, but like I said, it, uh, like uh, I'm thinking, it's 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 not going to be big of a difference between between them if Foles couldn't win the starting job. But it it was kind of rough. I think the Bears got lucky when uh, uh, the Lions uh, dropped that pass in the end zone uh, with the second to last play. So it was it was, it was kind of rough to watch. It's interesting that the Bears hosted the Giants last year around this time. And they're going back to L.A., and they were out there last year. So just kind of interesting scheduling. So did you catch the Alec Mills no-hitter last Sunday? Uh, no, I wasn't able to watch it. I, I watched the replays. Uh, uh, I, all I know is that uh, Hobby, I think uh, Hobby was being smart. He was going around third after a hit. And I think the third baseman decided to throw the ball around without calling time. And Hobby just went to three 
uh, saw that and ran home. And then uh, the Brewers were kind of mad that he, he that uh, that uh, they thought they had called time, but they, they hadn't. But uh, that that's about it that I saw. And I know he, he was pitching great, so. Yeah, I saw Russell Dorsey's tweet about no hits allowed about the fourth or fifth inning, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was talking with Salim that day, so I was watching that unfold after that podcast, and I was thinking, this is the most nervous I have felt since the World Series. Uh, and it's also fun that only the Cubs and Sox have thrown no hitters in this weird year. Yeah, it was, like I said, it was crazy that they've been the only two teams that uh, that have uh, thrown no hitters, and, and it's crazy that the uh, Cubs have twice thrown no hitters in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, they say that's uh, what uh, Cubbies North, so... Uh, yeah, it was kind of strange. I was I was really happy for him uh, for him to get that that no hitter, and then um, for the Cubs to get it looks like they're starting to get ro- rolling now. So that that's that, that's good to see too. Yeah, Bias has had some big hits, a home run. Maybe he's starting to come out of it. White Sox clinched the playoff spot. What do you think about them? Something like five losses in their last twenty seven games, I think five or twenty seven, five something like that. I think last time I watched, yeah, they're. They're on the roll right now, and uh, it looks like the, the thing that I'm uh, liking the last couple of games and it's hasn't uh, been a blowout. They've been uh, last two games have been close, so uh, mm-hmm. they're going to probably need to do that once the playoffs start, and uh, hopefully they can get their rotation in a row. And it's going to be pretty interesting what they're going to do next week when they play the Cubs. Are they since they've clinched it? Are they going to really go at it? Are they going to rest guys? How are they gonna go? How are they gonna get their their uh, playoff uh, rotation going? I was hearing that yeah. uh, it's what is it uh, a three game series? So um, uh, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna have your number one guy uh, go the first game? Let's say if uh, if you don't, let's say if you win the first game and you got the second, are you gonna put your second guy? Are you gonna save him in for the next series or have him play uh, go for game three? So it's gonna be. The, the playoffs and everything is going to be different because it's it's going to be only three games, no days off. So it's it should be interesting to see how how that plays out. It should make it a lot more uh, intense. Or Lester, what do you think about uh, Lester uh, being emotional about maybe this last game being one of his last games? I wonder if they decline Lester's option and then try to bring him back on a cheaper one year deal. Maybe he retires. I don't know. But he gave the Cubs exactly what they need what they needed out of him under his tenure. Uh, you know, one of the best free agent pickups in Chicago sports history. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too. How much you're going to pay him? I think what is it next season? He has a twenty five million dollar option. Uh, I think the the Cubs do to uh, decline or he does, and then uh, buyout is ten million. So it has to be anywhere between ten and twenty and twenty five, which maybe fifteen for next year, or maybe you get him for two years and and something. Uh, give it get him a short two year deal. Um, I don't know. It's going to be pretty interesting, but it, again, are you going to do that? Or I know you still got to pay Javi. I know Chris, you got to pay Chris pretty soon too. So it's going to be a tough decision about what the Cubs are going to do too. Uh, maybe they're going to not, not going to have enough money with uh, what's going on with no fans in the stands, and you, it seems like uh, they haven't been pretty. Uh, uh, they've been uh, having a lot of. Uh, it seems like they were talking about having some money problems and maybe not being able to afford everybody. So I, I want to see what they're going to be able to do. Then you got to pay Baez, Bryant, but they're not even playing well. So you have to wonder about their overall stock. Yeah, and then plus two uh, uh, with the, the scheduling with only sixty games, 
has that affected him as the like we were talking earlier about the iPad and the Javi uh, kind of uh, using that is that uh, another thing that's kind of making them slump but uh, I for me the Brian thing he hasn't been the same since he got uh, he's got that injured shoulder seems like he changed his swing and it just hasn't been right but I guess there's no correlation to this. I immediately go back to when he was hit in the head against the Rockies. I still have hope that he turns it around. There's lots of factors this year, and I know Baez is trying hard, but you know everyone just has to adjust. Yeah, and then and the thing that you notice is that after they won the World Series, it seems like they, the, the hitters or the guys that Theo drafted, or the young guys, um, it seems like every year it seems like they're not improving, either staying the same or kind of declining yeah. a little bit. Like... We saw with Addison Russell, we just fell off a cliff with that, yeah. and then his his personal issue, which I, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't like the fact that uh, they kept him around. I would have thought right away with everything going on that they should have let it go. I, I really didn't like the fact that they gave him another chance that uh, year. But it seems like with everybody else, it seems like they they're declining. Kyle Schorber Schorber isn't what we thought he would be. Everybody else, it just seems like they're the only constant is the old guy, which is Rizzo. But besides that, it doesn't seem like they're the other hitters have improved since. I think what, like you say, in Hap, and I think that's about it of players that have uh, been hitting. It doesn't seem like uh, it seems like everybody else declined a little bit except. I guess Hobby, which what back to back, I think would he got second place uh, MVP. So like I say, it seems like everybody else hasn't really been improving uh, uh, from hating. So yeah, no one could have expected Hap and Hayward to carry this team offensively, even in 2020. Yeah, yeah, uh, like uh, Hayward, I know that uh, Alec Mills really appreciated when uh, he decided to stay in the game and help him out. That that that, that no hitter, like I I know it looked like he was struggling uh, this first couple of years trying to live up to that big contract, but it seems like the last couple uh, this uh, I think towards the end of last year and and this year he's uh, really started uh, stepping up at the plate. So I'm I'm really happy to see see that. So uh, hopefully he can help him out in the playoffs. So. So how far do you see the White Sox going this year? It seems like with the White Sox, the White Sox got that uh, either 2015-2016 Cubs where no matter what, they, they with the young Hayden, they, they think they're still in it. So I don't know, man. They're crushing it. But I'm, I'm interested to see how they do uh, against other teams that are not the AL and NL Central because it seems like uh, uh, those teams haven't really been uh, pretty uh, – have a good record, so uh, I'm interested to see what what they do against either the A's or uh, whoever comes out the AL, uh, 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 like um, Tampa Bay or whoever else is in the playoffs. Because it, it they, I, I, they've been playing great, and this is what I expected of them. But it's going to be a little bit different. So I, I don't think they'll have that much playoff experience. But uh, kind of seeing with the Cubs that uh, in 2016, they only had that one year before where they had experience. But uh, I'm pretty interested to see how they do. Uh, they got hitting, like I said. But sometimes in the playoffs, uh, home runs and all that, uh, teams really do their homework on, on uh, what, you, what uh, players can do. Because it seemed like the, the Sox earlier were uh, – getting a lot of fastballs, and then all of a sudden they, they were struggling a couple games and uh, teams weren't really throwing them that fastball. They were throwing them uh, change-ups, and uh, they weren't getting that uh, many home runs, and uh, it was tough for them to get runs in. So I'm just interested in how they're going to do in, uh, in the playoffs when uh, it's going to be a little tough for uh, 
to uh, to hit home runs, and uh, uh, teams are going to do their homework on uh, uh, on all the players. So I'm um, I'm hoping AL uh, get there uh, before the World Series. So I'm hoping World Series, but I could see them um, going uh, uh, maybe uh, one round before that. So. And then there's the playoff bubble, so Chicago teams won't really have to worry about that Chicago cold. That that might be it. I think they were talking about it yesterday that uh, so far that uh, Luis Robert has not played a game in cold weather. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. That maybe that's going to help him out because I know when the Cubs had Solaire, he would be all bundled up. And uh, it seemed like he had a tough time playing in, in, uh, in uh, uh, cold weather. So I think that might help him out. But... Uh, yeah. I think for the first round here, I guess they could, hopefully they get uh, home field advantage for the first uh, uh, series that uh, they get it here. We'll see interesting to see how they play. I wonder what Southside Tim would say if the White Sox won the World Series. <laughs> yeah, uh, did, 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 did you see that uh, tweet earlier from Chris that call, he called the show and said that uh, that the White Sox uh, that the Cubs twenty nine win was better than. Better yeah. than the White Sox thirty two. That that did not make sense. And I was seeing another stat that the Cubs have only beat uh, teams that have been above five hundred uh, seven games. They've only yeah. uh, they've that only won great. seven games. Like yeah, Cubs are in a weak division. They're both playing the same competition. This you know, especially this year. Uh, but they're both doing what they need to do. Yeah, and plus two, it seems like the White Sox have been playing a little better. Like we were talking earlier, was it? Uh, 25 27 games and five in the last like like they're they're just killing it it seems like the cubs they're a roller coaster up and down up and down i know the year they started up high and then all of a sudden they started to go down and they started playing a little better then they went back down so uh yeah it uh like i said it seems like the, the cubs are not not really uh um uh have been consistent it seems like the walks uh, the white Sox have uh all of a sudden found that, that groove, and, and I think it's perfect timing, especially heading into the playoffs. I had Greg Braggs on earlier this summer, and he was he was hoping for a Cubs-Sox World Series, so it'd be funny if that really happened. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, I, I, like Braggs was saying earlier, he saw that. I, I really didn't, didn't see it because I saw how the Cubs roster was and how yeah. last couple of years, and they didn't make the playoffs here. Last year, I thought for sure, this year they're gonna just uh, same thing and uh, probably a lot more changes coming. But I guess with the pandemic and the scheduling and them playing only NL Central, and, uh, I think that's helped them out. Like like I said earlier, I think seven games they've they've won against uh, winning teams. So mm-hmm. I think that's that that the schedule really helped them. So uh, it, like I said, hopefully that'll be a, a, a like Brad said. Cubs White Sox series, uh, World Series. So, but like I said, it's strange in Texas. Obviously, before I let you go, I got to get to the Black and Abdallah aspect. So, you've been uh, listening to them since the beginning, right? Yeah, I think I might have started, I think, in, in between their first year or second year, because uh, I, the first one that I really have a good memory about is that at the end of the year, they used to do uh, a time capsule where they would put mm. different things in that happened during the year and they would put it in a capsule. I remember one year, I think they might have put Snooky in the time capsule. So, yeah, I've been listening to them since they're, they're uh, I think, back then. And I'm to me, it's I'm real happy to see what will become because it, it seemed to me like it was only maybe me, a couple other people. Uh, this guy, Edgar, that uh, he's on Twitter. I think he, oh, yeah. he used to work. He, he, I think he worked with uh, one of the radio stations that uh, 
that was here for a bit, the game, and uh, I think he did. Uh, I think he worked on uh, Derek Rose uh, documentary. So I think it's been him, me, him, and I think Chris's mom from the beginning. So yeah, I've been, <laughs> I'm real proud. I'm real proud of the guys because uh, when I the the way I got to listen to them is that uh, I, I first started listening to Waddle Sylvie around 2010 and uh, ESPN app, and then it had uh, Carmen Yurko and Harry, and then. At the best one thousand, and uh, back then, for them, it was they all the basically what they all uh, Chris and uh, Adam would do. What they would introduce um, the best clips of the week, and it was maybe they were on like maybe a couple minutes or anything. But uh, I just liked their style and uh, how funny they were and how they bring pop culture. So it went from that to having a taped uh, podcast that came on Saturday where Chris would be at work. And he, I played while Adam slept in and then went from that to when they had the sun, Sunday morning show to right now. So I'm real proud of the guys. I, I think I was their biggest fan from the beginning. And I always knew that they, the hard work that they would put in, that they would be able to get a show like that. Because the, the things that they're doing now, they've been doing it since I've started listening to them. And they, I just like the way they think it's uh they, th- they like sports, but they also bring prop culture and they make it fun. For me, it's I like either it being serious, give me stats, or mm-hmm. or having some fun. And the one thing that I always hate is when it gets repetitive or they make or whatever I'm, whatever I'm listening to, they repeat the same thing. So with them listening to them, it it seems like they're they uh, they um, always fresh with whatever they say, and it's it's not repetitive and. They, they like to have fun, which uh, I also like to do so. Yeah, I became familiar of you through Black because he would reference you for any podcast or something that would, you know, come up and I might be asking, you know, what is this about? And he was like, oh, Vega, he's got you. He, he will have a pod or he knows where the, where to find the clip. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always been that way. I think from the beginning, they would mention something and go, oh, uh, Gustavo will have it or, or uh, Vega will find it. And uh, like, uh, I think they did um, Home Alone thing and they were, they were yeah. talking about the movie about, I think when uh, back Vega, Vega will let us know later on after the podcast. So it, it's, it's something I'm, I'm good at. I'm good at, at uh, uh, looking at that type of stuff with the video or uh, finding old tweets. So it's, it's, it's something that I'm good at. So they, they know that they know it since uh, I follow them and then follow me all these years. They, they kind of know what I'm, I'm capable of doing. So the thing that makes me proud is that he has all these, uh, Black and Adele have all these people that tell him when they have a good, uh, so-and-so had an interview, had the good question or that, that makes me real happy because it, before it was just maybe me and a couple of the people. So it's, it's it, their their uh, base has grown, so that that makes me real happy because I, I, they they do great work and they deserve everything that they're getting. So it makes me real happy to see that. So Gustavo, this was really awesome. Thanks for taking the time for this podcast. I had a lot of fun. Oh man, me too, man. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun talking about, like I said, uh, the last dance and everything. So I appreciate that. Well. That was my guy, Gustavo. Check him out on Twitter at IamVega1982. He knows his bulls and he's an awesome follow. Thanks again for listening to this episode. You can find this podcast across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn. Also, shout out to my guy, John Christian, with the intro, outro music. We finally got some real music on this podcast. And we will be back soon with some new guests lined up. 